0: Tonight's reading is from John 21, verse 15 to 23. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted, but when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had, had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of of this, the rumour spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you?
1: So as we've heard, and as we all know, last week was Easter, uh, Resurrection Day. And the resurrection is all about that moment in time where God says yes. Resurrection time is the moment where God says yes. He says yes to the world, yes to freedom, yes to forgiveness, yes to life, yes to love, yes to hope. He says yes to each one of us here tonight. And we often get caught up in thinking that the resurrection is the end of the story. But it isn't. The resurrection is just the beginning of our story, our new life, our yes life that we can have with Jesus. And I believe that Jesus has said yes to each one of us. Being a Christian then is us saying daily yes back to Jesus. Jesus has said yes to us. Being a Christian is about us saying yes back to Jesus, following him every day. So if you like, Christians are yes people. Now the story of Jesus' disciple, Simon Peter, that we just heard read uh, from Carrie there, his whole life story is like a series of yeses and noes. He's quite a famous person for messing up. I feel a bit sorry for him really uh, because I identify him in lots of ways. And our lives uh, as Christians are often a series of yeses and noes. But looking at Peter's life, after Jesus is uh, arrested and interrogated by the high priest's staff, uh, Peter finds himself outside in, in the courtyard, standing around a charcoal fire. And three times he denies having any affiliation whatsoever with Jesus. No, I don't know him. No, I'm not one of his followers, he says. No, it wasn't me who you saw with him and then famously the rooster crows and Peter realised he has denied Jesus in exactly the way that Jesus predicted he would. The shame, the despair that he must have felt that moment. Days have passed, Jesus has been crucified, Jesus has risen. The disciples, including Simon Peter, have already met the risen Jesus and they've headed, back to Galilee to fish. Now, some wonder whether Peter is so ashamed of his denial of Jesus in that courtyard when Jesus was standing trial, about to be crucified, that he deliberately is heading back to his old way of life as a fisherman because he doesn't feel worthy anymore of that commission that Jesus gave him when he first asked him to follow him, to be a fisher of people, to be a fisher of men. So maybe Peter's heading back to his old way of life as a fisherman. But anyway, Peter and his friends, they're out on uh, the lake, and they've had a a really fruitless night trying to catch fish. And eventually they hear a voice from the shoreline, uh, and the voice calls out and tells them to cast their nets over the other side of the boat. And after that, they haul in this huge catch of fish, And Peter then clicks for him and he realises who it is stood on the shoreline. It's Jesus and in his own impetuous way he jumps into the sea and waves ashore and embraces Jesus. And after taking some fish and cooking it on a charcoal fire again, uh, Jesus engages Peter in a conversation. And it's that conversation that we listened into in this passage that Carrie read to us. I sort of imagine Jesus saying to Peter, you know, Peter, come on, let's just go for a walk down the beach together, shall we? I can just imagine them walking away from that fire, just walking off alone together. Is this the moment that Jesus will call Simon Peter out for his denial of him? Is this the moment that Peter will break down in shame, apologising uh, to, uh, to Jesus for letting him down at that crucial point in that, that vital moment in, in his life? But as we heard, nothing like that happens. As they talk together, three times Jesus asks Peter a question Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And each time Peter answers, not with the three times denial that, that he had in the courtyard or when he denied Jesus only a few days before, but instead, He answers the question differently. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Peter says. And it's at this moment that Jesus incredibly and powerfully affirms Peter's place in his future church. Well then he says, if you love me, feed my lambs. Look after my sheep, feed my sheep. He's asking Peter, to be a shepherd of his flock, of his other disciples, of all the people that are going to become Christians, followers of Jesus. And it's often at this point that we finish in the telling of this story. But what comes next in the following couple of verses are so important. Because it's now that Jesus tells Peter that if he's going to follow him, then the path is gonna be difficult. He explains to Peter that there is a time coming when you will have to follow me to suffering and even to death. He says this, Jesus talking to Peter, very truly I tell you, when you are younger, you dress yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Having explained all this, that actually Peter is going to have to face suffering and death, Jesus asked Peter another question. This time it's not, Peter, do you love me? He's answered that question. This time it's, follow me. And we expect from Peter, yeah, of course I'll follow you, Jesus, because that's the sort of guy he is. Yes, of course I will. But this time, the yes is missing. Instead, Peter almost avoids the question. He's like distracting, detracting Jesus' attention from himself onto another of Jesus' disciples. Uh, he, He sort of turns to Jesus and says, what about him? Pointing to the disciple John, who Jesus loves. And then... A couple of verses later, the gospel ends with us not knowing how Peter answers Jesus' question, follow me. Did Peter say yes or not? And it's quite a frustrating place to end. And it's quite frustrating because maybe it actually feels a little bit familiar to us. All Jesus ultimately asks of us is to say yes. To say yes to him. To say yes, Jesus. I love you, yes, I will follow you, because that's what being a Christian is. But we can't quite believe that he's calling me when there is this person over here who's far more qualified, who Jesus must love more than me, who's better gifted, more equipped. We can't believe that Jesus is calling us. Peter was asked by Jesus three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, he answers quickly and easily. Peter says, yes to love. Yes, of course I love you, Jesus. He says, yes to service. Did you hear that? He says, yes, of course I'll feed your sheep. Yes, of course I will do acts of service. Yes, of course I will love the poor. Yes, of course I will follow you. But when Jesus lays out graphically that the road ahead is going to be tough, it's going to be a road of sacrifice, and suffering, and pain, that yes comes far less easily. Jesus is reminding Peter what it means to be a disciple, what it means for him to truly love Jesus. It's about getting involved in shepherding, getting involved in the mess and the muck of life. In the previous chapter of John's Gospel, in chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus reminds his disciples this, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Simple words. As the Father has has sent me, so I am sending you. If we're followers of Jesus, then we have that same commission. To be sent to love and to feed and to guide and protect and to search for the lost and bring them back to the Father. That's what being a disciple is. That's what Jesus is asking Peter to do. That is what Jesus is asking all of us to do. Being a disciple is about saying yes to loving God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. It's about yes to loving others, to serving. Love your neighbour as yourself. But it's also about saying yes to possible sacrifice and suffering. And that's the difficult bit, isn't it? It's about being willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus. So what is going on between uh, Jesus and Peter, and also between us and Jesus, is almost like a divine proposal, I think. It's about hearing and receiving Jesus' words of love and approval, his yes to you. Yes, I chose you. Yes, I know you. I know everything about you. Yes, I forgive you. Yes, I accept you. Yes, I want you with me on this journey. Yes, I have a role for you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I value you. Yes, I love you. I love you. And you can know that because of what I've done for you on the cross. Hearing that yes that Jesus speaks over you and here is the reciprocal part of the proposal the bit where the ring is being held out if you like and we actually need to trust and surrender enough to say yes back to Jesus' proposal follow me this is the part where we say yes I'm willing to love you Yes, I'm willing to love and serve others even when the going gets tough. Yes, I will join you in seeking and saving those people who don't know you yet in this world. Yes, I will follow you even down the path of suffering. And so saying yes is action. It's about action. It's about taking a step into the unknown Uh, And it's both scary and exciting all at the same time. Uh, Many of us here have said yes to Jesus, I know that. But I wonder if our yeses are sometimes full of caveats, full of get out clauses or accepts. Uh, So how big is our yes to Jesus? How big is my yes? How big is your yes to Jesus? Does it incorporate our whole life or is there a limit to our yes I first knew that God wanted me to serve him with my whole life when I was 17 Um, and to be honest my yes was pretty limited uh, at that time. In fact I basically, I, I remember saying it to God and I've actually got it written down as well in a diary that I wrote every night, I basically said, yes God. Tonight I I am saying yes to you. I will go anywhere and I will do anything for you. Except for, I don't want to live in Birmingham. I've never been there. I just didn't like the sound of it. Sorry, Rich. Um, I I, I didn't want to live in Birmingham. I didn't want to be a youth worker. And I, I wrote down and I definitely never want to be ordained and be a vicar in a church. I said a lot of yeses, but I said a lot of accepts as well. But eventually, God brought me round in the very uh, splendid way that he does. Uh, And by 22, I found myself being a youth worker in Birmingham. And by the age of 24, I was training to be a vicar, much to my disgust at the time. I wonder how big is our yes to God? Maybe the biggest yes you have given him is getting yourself here tonight. For you, that was massive coming into this building this evening. Maybe if that's you, Jesus wants you here to simply say to you, yes, I love you. For others, you know that even though you have said yes to following Jesus, you're holding back. Uh, And if we're honest, we haven't fully surrendered everything to him. Maybe you, you know actually deep down in your heart that he wants you to do something um, for him. Or maybe actually you're doing something which isn't what he wants you to do. That's not his first best for you. And so your yes to Jesus is being limited in some way. Or maybe we're not giving our full yes to Jesus because we're scared that's completely fine, that's completely normal. When God asks us to do or to be something, or to make changes, or asks us to do something we feel sure about, it can feel sometimes like our world is being shaken. It can can sort of destabilize us and frighten us as well. And I suspect, For many of us here, when we're in those times in life, we can be a bit like Peter uh, when he turned uh, and sort of noticed John and said, you know, don't you mean him, John? You know, actually, you don't want me. You're not asking me to do that. Surely you mean him. He's much more holy, much more gifted, much more able uh, than I am. What about him or her over there? I love this quote from Oswald uh, Chambers, the Christian writer. He says this, if you have to calculate what you're willing to give up for Jesus Christ... Never say that you love him. Jesus Christ asked us to give up the best we've got to him, our right to ourselves. That is massive. But this is what it's about. When God uh, called me to this job in Edinburgh, it was a battle. It wasn't like God was calling me to some war zone or an unpleasant place to live. You know, Edinburgh is pretty lovely. Um, and P's and G's is an amazing church uh, to be part of. Part of. Um, But actually, I wasn't happy because I was quite happy where I was, thank you very much. I hadn't decided I was going anywhere. And so for some time, when the uh, job description came into my inbox, I refused uh, to read it. I didn't want to apply. And when I did, I did so on the basis that it was surely somebody else's job uh, and God just wanted to fill in the application form to give me a bit of CV and application form filling in, ready for something in 10 years time. Uh, I thought that's how God worked in my moment of madness. And then absolutely gutted, I got an interview. Um, But I convinced myself that I was just making up the numbers, um, and, and I nearly didn't come. I don't even know, I've, I've told Miranda that, and she paid for the ticket. But anyway, I nearly didn't come, because I thought, you know, what's the point? Because I'm not gonna get the job, and even if I get it, I'm not going, so it's just a waste of my time uh, and theirs. And every step of the way felt like that. It felt really difficult. Surely this was not right. Surely this is somebody else's job. That person over there, surely, God, you're calling them. But amazingly, when I eventually said yes, because obviously I did, because I'm here, uh, it was because I knew uh, in a deep place that it was right. And I had surrendered, yes, absolutely kicking and screaming, uh, but both John, uh, my husband and I, felt a deep sense of yes, this is where God wants us to be. Ultimately, I knew and I still know that God is faithful, and his love for me and my family is without limit. And as much as sometimes we say yes reluctantly, stepping into the unknown, we can do it fully trusting God for our present and our future. But that doesn't mean it's always easy. This year has been a tough year for me, to be honest. Uh, my kids have had struggles settling into schools. Uh, my husband hasn't had a permanent job. Um, and he was, uh, he's been jobless since February, but he has got a job for September, which is amazing. Uh, we've missed our friends. We've missed our family. Uh, and we've been trying to trust in Jesus the whole way. But to be honest, half the time I've been saying, come on, God, what is going on? You know, I've questioned whether I can trust in God's promises to me. Uh, sometimes I, it's felt like it's easier to trust in myself than God because I'm like, where are you and what are you doing? Why haven't you come up with the goods? And following, following Jesus, following through tough times, which we all have in this life at some point or other, is difficult. And I and I've had to learn again that following Jesus doesn't always mean it's going to be plain sailing. Saying yes to Jesus doesn't always mean it's going to be plain sailing. But it does always refine us. It does always remind us how much Jesus loves us. It does always help us to remember that ultimately God is faithful. And as Jesus explained to Peter, our call to follow him doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. It might involve suffering. Jesus asks each one of us, do you love me? Just put your name in there for a moment. Libby, James, John, Sarah, David, Beth, whoever you are. Do you love me, Jesus says. Can we answer, yes Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my lambs. Do something practical. Go and live it out in your family, your workplace, your community, where God has called you to be. Duncan, Joe, Lydia, Simon, whatever your name is, Jesus says, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Be a shepherd, go and find the lost in this world. Take them to the living water that I have for them. Bring them back to me. (coughs) Richard, Liz, Manda, whatever your name is, do you love me? Do you love me enough to let go of everything that you have known so far and follow me through this door which will lead to who knows where? Will you follow me through this door even if it takes you into difficult times? Do you love me like I love you? All of these yeses are yeses of surrender. They're yeses of putting our trust in Jesus and trusting in his love for us, agreeing to join him in the most incredible dance. Uh, Richard Raw, another Christian writer, describes a yes life as being one which is fully present with God. It's about giving him our all and being willing to join him on this journey, wherever it might take you. And let's just stop and imagine for a minute as we come to a close, what your life, what this church, what this city might look like if it's filled with people who are truly saying yes to Jesus and living that love and that life out practically? What will your workplace look like? What will your community look like? What will your family look like? What will the team that you're part of look like? Are you and I living a yes life? If we say yes, Jesus, this is all for you. This is all about you. I love you. I love the people in your world. I will follow you wherever you will take me. It's mind blowing because You know what will happen? People will want to know what it is you have. They'll begin to see and experience Jesus for themselves. Other people will then start to say yes to Jesus themselves. Do you want that? Are you ready for it? I know I am and I want that. I want to see people come to say yes to Jesus for themselves. I long to see this place bursting with people who are here tonight who have said a true yes to following Jesus in a way that transforms us from the inside out. And then we go out and we live it in a way that makes others go yes to Jesus too. I believe that as we live out Jesus's love, individuals and families and communities will be changed. Now, if you read on in the Bible, we find out that Peter did say yes to that last question that Jesus asked him. Follow me, the question. And and, and he did and he went out and he loved Jesus and he followed him and if we read Acts, we discover uh, that he was a powerful spirit-filled man with a passion to see people come to know Jesus and his transformation in their lives. He did become the rock on which the church uh, was built. So all Jesus wants is people who will answer the question with a yes and when we say yes that's when your street, your place of work, your community, Edinburgh will be shaken.